We each hold a unique place in this world, complete with our own dreams, culture, and perspective. It is the individual stories of those I meet along my journey that shape the way I see the world. I'm so excited to share these stories with you, and I hope they allow you to fall in love with humanity as much as they have for me. Welcome to This World My View. I'm your host, Liana. Today, I want to introduce you to Paul. Paul and I just met on the road today, quite literally. Um, he is a quite a lot of a thing, a lot of cool things, but um, I met as he was in the process of a cattle drive today. And um, we're here in Utah, and he has uh, just a cool story and just is a really cool person and has agreed to sit down with me and give me <coughs> the honor of sharing a little bit of him with you guys. So, Paul, thank you for being here today, and uh, thanks for sitting down with me. I appreciate it. It's a great <laughs> opportunity. Appreciate having you here. Did so not know this was going to be part of today's <laughs> plan, but yeah. it's all good. So you just finished, uh, you were just saying somewhere between 11 and 16 miles on the back of a horse? Yeah, so the actual drive length today was supposed to be 11 miles from base camp to corral. Okay. And I just checked my watch as we were rolling in back and it's at 16 miles. So all right. <laughs> that has to, you know, factor in the pacing back and forth mm-hmm. and the jostling of my horse that actually is <laughs> the one doing all the work. I've literally probably only had like 15 steps today, but overall about 16 yeah. miles total. Yeah, and it is, it's chilly. We've got some some snow that decided to show up <laughs> here a little bit. So yeah. it's a little less, uh, I know you're, you're shivering, just finally got some hot chocolate in you. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I appreciate that, your time so much in that. But I have a list of questions I work through with all my guests. They're all designed at getting to know you, okay. um, your perspective, your view of the world. There's no wrong answers. So answer as you feel led and uh, we'll dive right in. Sounds good. All right, first one is, who would you define yourself as? Well, I, my first uh, title I claim the best is husband, father, dad, and uh, yeah, I'm just a, a kind of a regular guy that has done a lot of irregular things. Hmm. I don't have any specific uh, like professional level skills that I can say that defines me, but I have a lot of skills in a lot of different things at a pretty amateur to semi-pro level in some things (laughs) (laughs) so in theory you're actually the jack of all trades and a master at many of them then yeah so that's cool have you ever heard the full saying no i haven't actually look it up sometime (laughs) i I would murder it right now (laughs) trying to say it but all right it's actually a compliment you know how oftentimes yeah it's it's jack of all trades master of yeah Mm -hmm. but it's because you you put all all you can into everything you do and so you kind of master a little bit of everything yeah i like that that's cool it's pretty cool just heard it recently yeah i think i'd take that over only being really good at one thing maybe i agree (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's cool um next one's a little easier maybe not you're probably hungry right now and just coming back but um what is your favorite food uh i'm actually a brazilian food guy okay Uh, i actually cook a lot of brazilian food uh used to have a restaurant that we sold during no way. Uh, yeah, we sold it during uh, COVID. Okay. So don't have it anymore, but okay. I still cook a lot of Brazilian at home. So That's a cool. lot of meat, beans and rice, uh, salads of different types and things like Kind of a med- Mediterranean diet. Okay. Which I'm also Greek, so it mixes well with that diet type. And okay. I, I like that. Greek foods is uh, on the probably second after Brazilian. Okay, yeah, Brazilian is like, you're not from Brazil, you're... No, I okay. served a mission there for my church, okay, so cool. I lived there for two years, and okay. then so did my son. Okay. And then uh, I'm a Portuguese linguist for the military, 
and so that's I go to Brazil a lot and uh, that's where I have that tie yeah that's so, really cool that's yeah. awesome yeah and uh, Greek that's a good heritage to have I'm a big fan of that food <laughs> for sure <laughs> no complaints from me there that's cool um, are you reading anything right now I am. I'm actually reading a book uh, by a 14-year-old called uh, Don't Tell Me I Can't. Hmm. And sadly, he passed away this year in a kayaking accident. And his name is Cole Summers. Uh, I'm reading about... He actually started his first business when he was seven years old Hmm. and uh, got to the point at 14 that he had a a 350-acre ranch here in Utah by 14 years old. And his uh, book is called Don't Tell Me I Can't. Hmm. That's and cool. you can find it on Amazon. It's like 13 bucks. Okay. I have a about two uh, chapters into that, and I've actually made contact with his father. Oh. And uh, his father's a, um, an injured veteran, <laughs> and we're trying to get him through our program and, and start trying to build some, some good uh, rapport with him and stuff. Hmm. That's really, really cool. Uh, I have a, a never-ending list, but I think that one's going to jump to closer to the top <laughs> of books that I'll try to try to get to read for sure. Yeah. Uh, what would you say is your greatest fear? My greatest fear um, would probably be not being uh, able to accomplish um, kind of life goals or uh, just being not living up to expectations of myself as well as just kind of my, my roles that I want to accomplish. You know, I, I forgot to mention one of my roles that I just uh, became two years ago uh, this last October uh, was grandfather mm. I have two grandsons yeah Noah and Atlas uh, Noah is two and Atlas just turned three months so great little boys and just want to live up to being the best person I can be mm. and that's pretty much it is uh, fear would be falling short of that and and not being able to fulfill my roles for who I care so much about mm. No, well, congratulations on those two. That's Thank awesome. You. And yeah, I think it's something so many of us can relate to is is not living up to that potential and not being who we want to be or who we feel like we can be. Mm. Mm. Uh, what would you say that you value the most? Uh, that would segue right into family. Hmm. Uh, my wife and I, 30, 30 years of marriage. She's my number one support. Uh, we've lived through six deployments with hmm. military. Um lots of tough things loss of children we've mm. we lost four children in pregnancy mm. um, but uh, yeah my family is by far my my number one possession or mm. value that I carry in life very much so and yeah I know you're you share a, a few things there uh, deployments for one and uh, the strength of of your relationship with your wife that has to be present for that to to withstand uh, that the support and love for each other that you have to have and um, and loss that's something no parent ever wants to go through in that regard um, so I want to say thanks for sharing that and thanks. letting other people hear that I know yeah. you're not alone in that and yeah my wife is of all the people in the world that should never have struggled with pregnancy it would be her she's like she's so amazing with kids and mm. we uh we ended up in an effort to try to replace our children that we lost uh becoming foster parents for seven years and during that 
uh, well, not just during that period, but our whole marriage, we've actually counted them one time, and I think we've parented at least 43 children in <laughs> our 30 years of marriage through either foster care, uh, foreign exchange, or our own two children. We've, we have one son that survived, and he's the one that uh, gave us our two grandchildren so far, and then we adopted our, our daughter, who's now 22, but we got her from... Uh, yeah, my wife actually cut the umbilical cord in the hospital, and we adopted her three days later. Pretty awesome, yeah. Mm. But yeah, so 43 kids. <laughs> <laughs> I often say, um, and I often get asked when I interview people afterwards, people say, like, how do you meet these people? And I'm like, I don't know. I, you know, just life, you be open, you be willing to talk to people. But I often also say, you can tell within a few moments of talking to right. somebody, like, um, the heart behind somebody and I think a lot of what you just shared just speaks a lot to, to who you are and um, that's awesome it's really it's a really a beautiful thing so yeah it's cool very challenging years the, mm -hmm. the kids in foster care are uh, there's some special spirits but they mm -hmm. go through so much before they I mean some of them have baggage that's just so hard to work with but that the one thing that can always break through almost all of their defenses is love just mm -hmm. pure love and uh, but patience is right mm -hmm. behind love <laughs> i agree with that very much i think <clears throat> it's something that uh yeah children in those positions it's it's not their choice it's not their fault and um yeah some love and some patience a lot of both and a willingness from someone who has that to yeah. give it to them can make all the difference so yeah. i think it's awesome we had a yeah. uh we were all three levels of uh, license, so that includes just basic and then respite and special needs. Mm -hmm. So some of the kids, you don't even know they have special needs till they've been placed with you, and then the evaluations come afterward. And they, mm -hmm. our, our actual first placement was a sibling group of four, mm -hmm. all under the age of five, mm -hmm. and two of them were special needs. Mm -hmm. And uh, they just, the state asked us if we, we're willing to keep them together as a sibling group and our son at the time was I think three or four so yeah going from one kid one three-year-old to <laughs> five under five was was a was a task an experience <laughs> and a, yeah f baptism by fire <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a personal understanding of that a bit I know I shared that we have four girls yeah. um, and uh, they came to us through foster care and through adoption now oh, awesome. and they're a sibling group as well so wow. I do understand connection. that and yeah. uh, that's cool I, I yeah like to have that connection that's neat cool yeah um, when was the last time you felt joy well if you're going to the last time talking about my family <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say like life events probably yeah just watching my second grandson be born was the most mm -hmm. recent like just pure joy just see that this pure little spirit of, you know and perfection and the little fingers and ears and you just marvel at at the blessing that he is and and the miracle mm -hmm. so i would say that's probably yeah and then one of the coolest things is watching my the love of my life you know just adoring her little grandson mm -hmm. and and watching those mother skills that she kind of missed out on a lot just come out and she, she spoils them like you wouldn't believe <laughs> I, I bet <laughs> that's really really cool when was the last time you were afraid and why 
I I think I've masked this uh, fear pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, especially being around all these other veterans that are here with me and all these cowboys. But um, I had a uh, life-threatening experience on a with a horse. I wasn't on it, but mm. it was actually my grandpa's horse that was tied to an apple tree, and some of my little cousins came up and spooked it, and it took off, and the rope went right across my neck and pulled me up against the apple tree. And I would have hung there, but I, somewhere the strength of God or whatever came into my hands and I was able to pull it out and slip mm-hmm. my head out and, you know, massive rope burn. And, uh, it's just interesting, right when I came up to the horses uh, at the ranch, uh, you know, the thoughts came right back yeah. in. I was like, oh, this is last time I saw the, a rope like this. And I, I had it. They actually had all these different sized ropes and one big one that was like my grandpa's and I purposely avoided that <laughs> <laughs> just because of the kind of the PTSD that comes from being 12 and almost dying I, the, at the hand of a horse. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah that's terrifying. And and yeah, I mean, it's not what, what people would assume when you, you share an accident with a horse. That's like such a unfortunately unique situation. Yeah. It's like, okay, like how does that even happen but yeah that's that's terrifying i'm glad you're able to i mean not ignore but overcome and <laughs> and and be able to get to do what you do and uh and and as a veteran spending that time with the other veterans you have here i know you're making an impact on that and yeah. um yeah you shared a little bit with me on the road um about what you're what you're doing within that you have some projects you have would you yeah uh, i have um a a ptsd treatment program and we also cover we we pretty much cover all mental health um issues that veterans deal with we're not a uh we we only do a bit of clinical work ourselves with a actual clinician our real goal is to get them into a a systematic regimental program that's similar to what they're used to in the military it's ran by vets it's created by vets we know what each other needs we don't let people run what we call rackets Mm because sometimes they'll make up stories or they try to influence people for uh, to to actually hide their real issue Um, and we in our program on week on day one we we pretty much start digging clear back to childhood to try to find that childhood trauma or whatever they've been carrying uh, for a long time and uh, sometimes we don't do it in a, a manner that most people are used to but we do it uh, semi-militant and semi-driven by our years of interrogation to to just get people to be honest and open um, it is one of the key things to getting people to open up is that that when they feel safe and in a safe place which is the place we call our container um, they will generally open up, but sometimes the hurt or the pain is so old that it takes, uh, it's almost like a calloused hand that you would have to, you know, dig and cut that callus uh, away to get to the soft tissue, and that's what we're focusing on. And um, we, like I was telling you on the road, we just finished our seventh uh, cohort is what we call them, and it was all women, uh, veteran women. Uh, very powerful group I'm looking forward to a lot of uh, great things coming out of them we phase one is to go through as an in, a, kind of an initiation phase which is a week 
phase two is you start your uh, road to shepherd. So you're, you're going to become a shepherd by learning the 14 traits that we teach in that program. And then you come back to the program and shepherd somebody, a friend hopefully, or an associate that you know is, is going through the same type of thing that you could then help and kind of model for them what right looks like. And then phase three is to become a statesman. And that's the kind of people that we look at as influencers that have have changed the world. The Ben Franklins, the you know the founding fathers, Abe Lincoln, all the all those kind of men. We call them statesmen for a reason, and and they pretty much had a dream and a vision that would take them to a place that if all of us had that dream and vision kind of driving us each day, which my statesman mission is to keep the. Uh, Heroes Haven running and, and get it to be eventually in every uh, state. We, we want to have a local Heroes Haven in every state that's ran by those local veterans. And we're just building the model that we hope uh, will be the, the course that works. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I really love that you're taking it in a way that, that makes sense to you as your experience as a, you know, as somebody who's served in the military, as somebody who has friends in that, as somebody who's understands that position and is able to come at it um, from a place of, of love and care and desire for health and and fulfillment for each of those individuals coming out of that. Um, I think that's it's a really cool way to use something you've experienced to, to turn and give back and and give back to yourself in that as well to, to use to use that experience yeah. in multiple ways. It is it's it's so interesting how the military specifically has um, we deal with a ton of mental health and we put so much emphasis on physical health you know push-ups sit-ups all those kinds of things but for years we've neglected the mental health and we're finally getting it's a, it's a big ship to turn around but we're finally getting rid of the stigma of mm-hmm. saying hey I, I have some weakness here we're finally getting uh, people willing to address it and and come forward I I'm a a perfect example. I hid mine for almost 12 years. Mm. And my beautiful wife, I already mentioned, was the the anchor that said, hey, I know you enlisted in the army, but I didn't, and I want my husband back. Mm. And she pushed me to finally go get help, even though I, and to be honest, one, or at least the the one thing I'm hanging my uh, negligence or the, my unwillingness to go get help was my security clearance uh, in my line of work, it's very important to make sure that mental health isn't obstructing my mm. ability to do my job. So I hid it for a long time. And, and uh, you know, being, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to mm. read the questions in the questionnaire to know what they're looking for and to answer them the way you want to, you know, they want to hear them. So <laughs> uh, I did that for 10 years. And then after my second tour in Iraq, she, it, it was the first time I think in our marriage that I've heard her swear. And mm-hmm. She kind of grabbed me by the shoulders and just looked me right in the eye and said, I want my husband back, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was pretty much the beginning of me seeking the help that I have. And now she's a 100% partner in this. In fact, mm-hmm. she was very involved with the women's cohort and so many of the women, just uh, many of them texted me in the middle of the program and said, Wow, your wife is just amazing. Mm. And some of them said they would have left if she wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's yeah. understandable, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. that's yeah, that's a really cool thing, and to to have that. I mean, somebody can stand in front of you and say, "I want this back," but for you to also be able to say, "Like, I see you, I hear you, I still care about you." Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Let me put in the work. Thank yeah. you for caring. Thank you for standing there screaming at me, in whatever capacity. But yeah, hmm, thank you for sharing yeah. It that. took me. Um, I held on to a lot of stuff, and I, I didn't realize that <laughs> I didn't realize um, how much I how many physiological things mm -hmm. were associated with my traumas mm -hmm. and I would often let my body just take over or and she would see things that are, would just freak her out and she's like what the heck was that mm -hmm. and it was just you know second nature from being deployed for many times and and always being on alert looking for the next possible thing that could take out our team and and mm -hmm. uh, I didn't realize until that a lot of self-study a lot of personal uh, things and that's kind of what led me to build out Heroes Haven and start testing it somewhat with some of my friends and and guys that I need need knew needed the help and in fact three of those kind of test subjects are now uh, anchor uh, founders of Heroes Haven that's really cool <coughs> well I appreciate you sharing that and I'm sure uh, there's much more you guys are going to be able to do within that program. <laughs> we so, hope so. For sure. This whole cattle run is uh, part of that. Uh, mm -hmm. We've teamed up with uh, Cameron Chamberlain, who runs Outdoors for Heroes, and he's the one that put this all together for us and then invited three of us that have been through program here. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's right in line with what we want to do with the physical nature and getting out to, mm -hmm. to be with God in God's country and... and back with uh animals that's hmm. horses do hold if i showed you our logo um we have a horse in our logo along with the german shepherd but hmm. the, uh, both those species have been with man pretty much since the beginning of time that we know of and uh you know dogs and horses and they dogs are man's best friend and horses have gone through war with us and hmm. so we use them as a, as a model to kind of help us realize look you know, I don't know if you have a dog, but they don't hold grudges. They no. don't do anything. <laughs> it's just pure, unadulterated love all the time. Mm -hmm. Even if you come home and they tore apart the garbage, <laughs> you can instantly, mm -hmm. you know, get mad at them for a second. And then a few minutes later, they're like, come up. Oh, am I okay now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. And we so. can learn a lot from dogs and horses. Yeah, I agree for sure. Well, I know you've shared a few moments already, but, um, would you say there's a moment um, or something in your life that's changed you or taught you something? Yeah, I actually saw that question earlier, and I actually date a uh, pretty solid experience in my senior year in high school. I was a football player, pretty active with a bunch of popular guys. Um, went to a after-party football g uh, party, after-game football party, and... I was with another LDS kid, Latter-day Saints. Um, we both grew up uh, pretty close to each other, and when we showed up at that party, there was booze and uh, uh, there was actually some marijuana. This is like late 80s. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was almost like a movie scene. We stopped. We were kind of across the kitchen, if I remember right, and everybody kind of just dis stop talking and our eyes locked and we both 
without saying a word, said, we need to get out of here. And we both left. And uh, I think within 10 or 15 minutes after we left, the police ended up rolling up. And uh, I think seven or eight of our guys on our team were arrested. Like, there were some parents arrested for providing the alcohol. Oh, wow. Um, it was an ugly situation, and, and we would have been right in the middle of that. And um, that was actually a very big turning point for me to focus back on being like my number one focus is I am a spirit inside a body and if I can do things spiritually you know focusing on family God country those kind of things and, and put away as the scriptures say the natural man and try to be the best person I can all the time I can live in the world but not be of the world you know and uh, the question specifically was if something changed my life that would be that was like my 180 in life because I was I was kind of living double life standards I, I was there were some girls that were pretty I, I was good enough to stay away from them because I knew but there were some girls that I could have easily probably gotten pregnant or that kind of stuff if we would have you know stayed hanging out but I just pushed away pushed away pushed away from all that and that one singular event was the real you know mm -hmm. I'm going this way not that way mm. so. yeah it's really cool to be able to like look back especially in like teen pivotal years to be like wow I can see now that had I gone in this direction I wouldn't be where I am now I'd 100%. be somewhere else and yeah. yeah it's really it's really cool to see like the the weight that our choices have yeah. um, and and the the way we've we've chosen to take them at times so yeah, one of the leaders in our church uh, uses the phrase the dangerous decade, and he mm -hmm. says it's from 12 to 22. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about your life, the d decisions you make in that window are, they can be a trajectory for the rest of your life. And uh, I'm just glad I had that moment where mm -hmm. time stood still and we were able to communicate without words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you were able to make uh, choices that led you to where you are. Thank you. That's cool. So you've not known me for very long, um, less than a day here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what is something you think you and I have in common? They're definitely connecting on, we're adoptive parents. <laughs> yeah. I think we both like to talk, <laughs> probably me, a, a lot more <laughs> than I should. Um, yeah, when, I thought it was actually kind of funny how I'm, I'm up on horseback, you're in your car with your window <laughs> down. And you, you almost started, so in the human intelligence world, we call ourselves collectors and we're instantly starting collecting information on people all the time, <laughs> whether it's clothing they're wearing, hairstyles, all that kind of stuff. And it, it actually did cross my mind. I'm like, man, she's asking a lot of questions <laughs> already. <laughs> but I think we do connect on that. And I actually, a few years ago, my brother, uh, we were talking about our unique abilities and he's like, dude, I have never met anybody who, he actually nicknamed me the human Rolodex. Because <laughs> I'll meet people and I'll find in that few short moments something that I connect with them on. And he'll call me sometimes. He's like, hey, do you know somebody that does this? And I'm like, oh, yes. I send him a number. And <laughs> I just, ha I love connecting on people's unique abilities because I really do believe each of us have 
unique abilities unique to ourselves uh, and there are overlaps but um, when we're in our unique ability and working life like that I would compliment you on this you you make me having met you several hours ago very comfortable met your husband met your friends um, and here we are in the middle of the desert having an interview <laughs> That's cool. Well, um, sorry to interrogate you on the side of the road on your no. horse. But <laughs> you want no. a job? Yeah. <laughs> right? No, it is. Um, it's funny because it's, yeah, it's something I, I'm realizing that after we were talking more and more that I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's a cool shared thing. Because, um, yeah, when you, at one point, so we're in the car with me and all my girlfriends. And then the second car has all of our husbands in it. And you guys were like, oh, they're going to think you had a flat tire. And I was like, nope, they know exactly what <laughs> happens. And they pull back and they were like, nope we knew exactly what's going on she yeah. just talks to everybody <laughs> so my wife <laughs> yeah anytime we go my ki- wife and kids they'll f- they're like we cannot go anywhere without <laughs> you running into somebody you know or you'll just meet them in five seconds and they're new your your new best friend <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a cool thing and and you mentioned that in that connection with connecting with people's unique abilities and and a desire to know other people and i think that's something that um a lot of people look to and and want to but I think it scares a lot of us when we look and say well what if that person judges me or what if they don't say hi back or where could this go that that makes me feel uncomfortable and I think that desire to just say like yeah but why not let's just see where it goes let's just connect I think that's a really cool trait and um yeah so our society would have us believe different but we have Hmm. so much more in common than we do different and uh, one thing too that about unique abilities is when you have when you're complimenting somebody in their unique ability or asking them for help that's that you know you can't do but they can Mm -hmm. they're in their wheelhouse Mm -hmm. and that automatically boosts their ego it helps them feel loved and and needed and important and that's if we can live day to day that way it's Mm -hmm. it's awesome yeah i agree very much what is something you are looking forward to uh, a bed. <laughs> <laughs> some heat. <laughs> yes, I'm actually pretty warm now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I do look forward to getting back home, being with my family. Mm. Um, this has been a, a wonderful four days, uh, and my wife's birthday is next weekend. And I mentioned that we're heading to... Uh, I'm actually surprising her for her birthday with the tickets to Orlando, which will be the second week in December. So... We're definitely that's our that's actually our first real vacation this year Mm. together so that'll be awesome that's cool we'll make sure this doesn't air before then so she doesn't know (laughs) (laughs) uh on the other end of that is there anything you wish was over already or maybe didn't exist in the world today oh my goodness (laughs) this is where i would get political (laughs) (laughs) uh over with um yeah kind of circling back using a press secretary's trees um i would uh i would love to see us back to uh a as a country back to like a post 9-11 like september 12th the spirit in our country after 9-11 was just a a spirit of unitedness and getting together and and it, it really feels driven by politics in a lot of ways that they are trying to divide us more and more into tribes of individuals and things like that and mm-hmm. I know you guys were mentioning some 
preconceptions about this group <laughs> on the road and yet as I watch this this main family that actually runs this the heat inside you never you don't see love at a level like this because everybody's in this environment everyone's kind of hurting like mm. the pain of riding a horse all day the cold all that kind of stuff but everybody just gets in and and works mm. together and there's no cell phones here there's hardly ever everybody's just focused on conversation building uh family relations memories you know mm. building lots of memories and and our very first day here we were just instantly brought into the family mm. and i can tell you if I know at least two of the vets that are very standoffish. Uh, it was so cool to just watch them open up and be just like one of the fam. Hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, and to <clears throat> to be able to just like, suffer alongside. I don't know. I think there is something That's in true. that. Yeah. When we are all in the same level of discomfort, pain, or struggle, um, you don't turn to the person next to you and complain because they're experiencing the same thing <laughs> and so the instant I think desire in a lot of us is like okay I want to build up this person and build up myself and say what else can we focus on and I think sometimes yeah we all are facing the same cold or the same yeah. discomfort from sitting on that horse <laughs> um, it really it, it gives opportunity to pull out and realize yeah, we're kind of all in the same boat so this isn't worth complaining about and and let's focus on something that matters a little bit more so that's, yeah. that's that's kind of a cool opportunity to have an environment where you're literally like well we're all just here we are <laughs> cold tired and a little uncomfortable but yeah. yeah that's really cool to be able to focus on those things and to see that impact and people being able to open up and feel safe and valued and heard in that space cool so that's yeah i've i've already shared a lot of this with my wife and I said, when do you want to come? And she's, she's like, I'll sign up for next year. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. What would you say makes uh, you feel known and valued? I, I love to do a lot of, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of different things. Uh, we talked in some of our conversation about uh, movies. I, I do like being uh, with a lot of people. I don't have to be the center of attention, but I like to watch mm -hmm. uh, people in their doing their their skill sets mm -hmm. and that's another thing about being here is I've just been kind of mirroring some of these cowboys and learning from them and and going up and you know today Sean let me try his whip and and uh, I was pathetic with it but <laughs> uh, he taught me about the the going up and coming back and pushing the cows in circular uh, intervals and I, I became you know it just kind of became really good at it and then later on he came up to me so I said like, yeah you're natural here you know it just kind of makes you feel he probably just said it so he could relax more but <laughs> <laughs> no, it, no. It, uh, uh, so even some of the vet guys came up and said man dude you you have this down yeah but it's just a uh, where was I going I think kind of what I was going with that is I love to and I do this kind of with businesses and organizations like even Heroes Haven I I conceptualized the whole thing, uh, brought a lot of it, the key pieces together, but I pulled in these guys with those unique abilities that I knew could run with it, and each one of them have, have done their part, and then I can sit back, I'm still a huge part of it, but I don't have to be trying to touch everything myself, you know, I, I'm very against micromanagement, <laughs> I, I love to see people be 
given a mission, given a desire to accomplish the mission and let them do it how they're going to do it. And if, if they do it acceptable to how, you know, if, if they do it how you wanted it, then you explained it obviously well mm-hmm. enough. If you didn't, then it kind of, you know, when you're pointing through at somebody, you got three fingers pointing back at <laughs> you. So, so no, that's that cool. was really yeah. roundabout. Way no, no, I, it's a good answer. Yeah. I mean, being able to see people stri- uh, thriving in their element, but also being on that reciprocating end of it, of having somebody teach you yeah. and then be able to thrive in that. And for that to mean that they taught well and that you learned well and that other people are seeing that in you, which is, it's cool. It's, it's a full circle. So I think yeah. it, it comes around in all aspects of that. And yeah, you look quite comfortable up there. Like this is <laughs> where you belong. So um, yeah, that's cool. Um, so we are in Utah, but um, I don't know. I know you've mentioned living somewhere nearby, but uh, where do you call home and what makes it home to you? Yeah, I live up in what is called Happy Valley, <laughs> uh, nickname, but it's in the Orem Provo area of Utah. Uh, some of your big landmarks there would be BYU, Universe, uh, Utah State, Utah Valley University. Um, and yeah, we sit about 40 miles south of uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, I call it home because one of the most prestigious things that we have right outside our backyard is a, a almost a 12,000 foot mountain known as t- Mount Timpanogos. Um, my first dog, our first child, <laughs> uh, is she. We had her 16 years, and then she passed, and mm-hmm. we have her sprinkled up there. Um, so, and any and she was an American Eskimo, and just mm-hmm. this last week we got our first snow that just you know, paints the top of the mountain, paints the top of the mountain white, and she was a pure white American Eskimo, so mm. that's definitely home for me. I was raised there uh, from four years old to to today, and uh, I've left mm. really, uh, again, to serve my two-year mission in Brazil and six years overseas uh, with the military, mm. and other than that, I've stayed pretty close to home we did live up in salt lake for that's where we bought our first house and uh lived there about five years and then missed uh, utah county and happy valley mm-hmm. our city is actually known as family city usa so i think per capita we have more children than <laughs> any <laughs> other city in the in the united states but mm. yeah we i love it for home family as you know from my comments we just love being uh, close to family. Mm, that's cool. Well, I'm glad you get to experience that then. Um, what is something you wish you didn't struggle with? Uh, boy, I do have, um, it's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm actually nearing the end of my military career of 29 years this April. And, uh, I beat myself up a lot on only being 52, but, f- mm-hmm. uh, because of some of the things I've been through. I have uh, my next surgery on this knee, I've already had two, is a full knee replacement. Mm-hmm. Left knee's probably close behind it. Uh, my, yeah, so body breakdown is something that I struggle with and it, and it drives me crazy because mm-hmm. I want to do things that a 50-year-old, 52-year-old can do and I can do them. It just, like, I don't know if you saw my first few steps off the horse, but <laughs> in fact, when you drove up, the reason I was on the 
truck. Back of the truck, yeah. It's because it was the level of the horse. <laughs> Don't have to get and up or down. Trying to get down off that horse in my mind was not going to happen. <laughs> and so I pull, I made my horse go up to the side of the truck and I just pulled myself off onto the back of the bed because <laughs> I didn't have to step down. So th there's an example of, of what I struggle. And I'm having been a, you know, I didn't play college ball, but I, I wish I, I was... I'm a pretty good athlete. I've played a lot of sports and, and love sports. And that's another thing that just drives me crazy is having to limit myself to mm -hmm. certain things. But mm -hmm. there are times for all of us and times <laughs> and season in all of our lives. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. Yeah. We passed you quite a few times today. So we were heading in one direction and we passed all of the hundreds of cattle mm -hmm. and then you guys on horse and had conversation number one and then we were coming back and you guys were still maybe a, maybe a mile up the road yeah. and and then uh you guys were taking a break there with your fire and sit on the truck and had conversation number two but um yeah it's a process for sure i, I think uh i think i'd be quite quite feeling that roll right off the horse onto the truck moment <laughs> as well at that point <laughs> for sure but so it's it's kind of interesting the when you get in trot with a horse especially on terrain like we're running you're doing like i would say close to 60 to 70 percent of your ability to stay on that horse is your ability to grip the saddle with inner thighs and sorry for the expression butt cheeks but <laughs> you're literally uh and then your legs are kind of wrapped around the horse but and you have the stirrups of course to to keep you in but um yeah, it's. I like being aggressive with the cattle to get them in forward motion, mm -hmm. and you can get a lot of it. Uh, you can do it in bursts and get way more distance out of a burst than you would if you're just trotting slowly back and forth. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. hope that made sense. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Um, what is something you used to struggle with but don't anymore or have grown in? Uh, almost very similar, but. Uh, that w 180 that I did make, I have I have had reflections on saying, you know, what if I would have, you know, gone that route and, you know, could I have played professional ball or at least collegiate ball and, and stuff like that? Or, uh, you know, what have I, the things that I have done in my life have been crazy interesting and, and stuff like that. But I'm just, it's almost like, what if I would have picked that on it, that mm -hmm. other adventure? Mm -hmm. But then reflecting back on it I like I'd been I would have missed out on this and this and this and this and this and mm -hmm. and so I I think I'm okay with where I <laughs> am today with not I wouldn't call any any of them regrets would I do things slightly different sure uh, especially if I had hindsight and mm -hmm. the knowledge I have today but I did the best I could with mm -hmm. what I had mm -hmm. yeah we do the best we can with the information we have at the time mm -hmm. and I think that's cool to not say regrets, but sure, we look back and be like, yeah, maybe I could have made better choices here, <laughs> but it does, it leads us where we are, and I think that's cool. You've, you've seemed to have turned out pretty pretty decent human being. Pretty okay. Huh? Pretty okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not bad for a bald guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is something you are confident in helping someone else through or with? The focus I have on Heroes Haven is, mm -hmm. is a... Uh, I see these guys and it's very interesting sometimes I feel like I I look into their eyes and they're just a mirror hmm. I'm like man I was the same way I can see I can see myself right there in your the, the words you're using the the catchphrases the the crutches hmm. that are 
I was the same way. And let me show you what can come of it if you are willing to do the work. Mm -hmm. um, I truly believe that all ailments, aside from some physical stuff that just can't go away, can almost all be healed by self-motivation and, and self-discipline. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I've seen it. I've seen it way too many times to not believe that it's true. And uh, I, you know, it pains me when people don't want to change, but I also understand, hey, in their own due time, right? Mm -hmm. And I've got two guys here that if you would have met them just two years ago, you would not even think they're the same person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. Almost physiological changes that are, are so different. Uh, I won't drop names because there's their stories to tell, but... Um, yeah, I I look at them and just go, wow, it's, it's so awesome to mm -hmm. be on this ride with you and be on this roller coaster we call life. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's a really beautiful thing to get to witness, so it's yeah. really, really awesome. Yeah. Is there anything you wish you could say to somebody you love, but maybe they're not in a place that they would receive it as you intend it or hear it as you would want them to and don't tell me who if so um well i think i shared with you my uh i, I don't mind sharing if it's okay it's actually my dad who's passed away hmm. um we actually had a rocky uh rocky rocky um maybe seven eight, seven years old to 16 ish hmm. um but again linking back to that kind of turnaround that's where i I finally started to realize my dad is trying to do with the best knowledge he has and trying to get me to be the best kid I can be and I'm kicking against it as a blockheaded teenager <laughs> and uh, our relationship about that 17 to 18 years old just finally started to turn around and then uh, he helped me get prepared for my mission he spoke Spanish and it's very close to Portuguese so he prepped me a lot of that and then four months into my mission he passed away mm. and uh, if I a lot of my PTSD was actually linked to that because I didn't come home for his death or his funeral and uh, I never got to grieve his death correctly and so I just hung on to it and any funeral I went to or any uh, you know seeing mates in combat get killed it just tore me apart like mm. to physically <laughs> uh you know crying without control and uh, i just the one thing i would want to say to to my dad is hey i hope i've made you proud and i can't wait to see you when i'm on the other side i'm sure he is as yeah. a parent yourself at this point as one myself i think you know if we can look at our kid and see that they um <coughs> they value and respect other people that they show up for themselves and that they're doing the best they can i think that makes us proud and i see a lot of that in you from very little Thanks. that i know so <laughs> my dad was actually quite similar and it, mm -hmm. that's actually one of the things that i reflect back on that i've been able to release uh i realized that his a lot of the ways he treated me during that window i spoke of was his ptsd he had it from I mean he shared very little of the combat that he was in but he was a Russian linguist in the during the Iran Contra um, well 
multiple different things that the U.S. was directly involved in, and and I know he played roles where he could have easily been killed and gone from his family of nine and his love of his life. And and I realized today, having been through what I've been, I'm like, wow. Now I have a lot of sympathy for how he mm. he w- he was because mm. he was dealing and he didn't know how to deal with it. Mm. So he was Mr. Grumpy Gills a lot <laughs> of the time. <laughs> that happens for sure. Yeah, and often yeah. I think our parents are given less space. I know you've shared that like um, the win that it is for humanity in so many ways that uh, mental struggles are seen are being seen more and being accepted more as mm-hmm. as the same as physical struggles sure. it is our body mind and everything and i think generationally we take steps back and back and back and it was less and less and less of that so mm-hmm. i think you know generations before ours had a harder time of that for yeah. sure definitely agreed hmm. what would you say makes you feel at peace uh i would um i've i've had a lot of peace out here on this on this cattle run I'm a, I quote to be a pretty religious guy, but I, uh, I think true peace for me will, will only come event after I'm able to be done with this life and, and look down upon, you know, almost from God's view of what, what the earth has to offer or what my life really meant to, to mm-hmm. people. Um, but I, I guess the inner peace comes from am I living the the best life I can kind of reflecting back on other mm-hmm. thoughts but when I feel that I am doing those and and not caught up in the worldly things or the the things that make me um, kind of fall susceptible to weaknesses or things like that then I'm, I'm at peace mm-hmm. and I, I know I'm again when I'm in calling or in in my unique ability life just seems to be kosher and happy that's cool <coughs> i think that's something a lot of people can relate to and saying yeah and it's a unique thing to say like i think in many ways yeah life is hard even when it's beautiful it's hard yeah and and for some of us true peace may not feel present <laughs> completely in this life so i have a little sister uh she has eight kids and <laughs> i often say i as i watch your life on instagram and facebook (laughs) it's a beautiful mess (laughs) but she just has i mean she's running like 100 miles an hour all the time and uh, it kind of makes me reflect on when we were foster parents but Mm. uh, i she's doing such a great job and Mm. it's just fun to watch from afar (laughs) that's cool very much so um this is always my slightly loaded question but um is there anything you wish you could say to the opposite sex that maybe they normally wouldn't receive while coming from you as a man? Whether that's a compliment, uh, criticism, uh, wisdom, or just something you wish they knew about men or about themselves? Sure. However you would take that. Um, I, I think one of the most amazing things is a woman empowered in, again, I keep using that, those two words, the unique ability, but... Mm-hmm. Um, kind of reflecting back on watching my wife with uh I was actually away on work so she stepped in to my role but watching her uh, step up and and take a position that I would have had to fill and and do it better than I could have Mm. um I may I was so proud of her 
and I know there's if I were to be able to say hey women as a whole step into your find out what it is of course that we're always trying to do that you know (laughs) find out what our calling in life is but when you do that you are the most beautiful thing to your husband or or to the world itself whether you're married or not Mm. you um using that you're you'd be a stateswoman but you're you're making the world a better place um i know when my wife is complimenting me and lifting me up and we're we're working side by side not one in front of the other or anything like that we're an unstoppable force um we don't you know we we have some traditions that we uh she'll she'll probably slap me for doing this (laughs) one we have one long-term uh I think it was her, it was somebody in her side of the family, so it's actually her fault. But <laughs> at our wedding reception, somebody stepped up and kind of pulled us both close. And she said, this is my best piece of marriage advice. If you're ever going to fight, fight naked. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we've jokingly kept that for 30 years. And, and there are times I, she'll kill you for, for me. She'll kill, <laughs> she'll me kill me. you for this. <laughs> but, yeah, she, we've been not seeing eye to eye and she'll just start undoing her shirt or something like that and I'm like, <laughs> don't do it and she's like <laughs> but, it's kind of hard to be know, mad in that state or is. stay focused on whatever may or may not have been important yeah. that's awesome i like that i think but that's good marriage advice <laughs> it is it's been hey for 30 years and and we've of course been separated from military stuff and mm-hmm. things like that but and that, yeah compliment your men Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a man that is a slacker and all that kind of stuff, find out what he, look at his good side and, and all the good things that he brings to you and and almost make a list. At least mm-hmm. he's not a drunk. At least he's not abusing <laughs> you. Know, and at least he's not all these. And then love him for who he is. And I, I've had to do this too. I, I think I have pushed in some cases what I wanted out of my wife or what I thought mm-hmm. she could be. But I need to love her for exactly where she is and what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And then by complimenting her and, and helping her be her best, I'm going to get what I'm going to get more than what I could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And well, I have seen that again, that watching her step into that position and then hearing all these women say, oh, my goodness, if your wife wasn't here, I would have been gone. Mm-hmm. But they probably would have left if I was there. <laughs> <laughs> You know. Oh, that's that's really awesome. That's really cool to hear. I really appreciate you sharing that. I think it's advice, or I mean, not advice, but just like insight that is just beneficial for women, for men, for for all of us to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, to look for the good in someone, to focus and intentionally compliment and draw that out of them. Um, I mean, I know, I know for sure. I know you met Mike, um, and yeah, I mean having that support from that person and that desire from that person whoever that partner is in your life or even if it's you just have a good friend in your life somebody who says you can do this be the best version of yourself like the way that you can show up in the world when someone believes in you yes yeah. is, is truly remarkable 100% you, I mean again an unstoppable force mm, very much um, <clears throat> so I know you've got a today you had quite a large audience of a bunch of cattle but 
If you were to have a large audience of people before you, you were to leave them with a life lesson, a bit of advice or wisdom, what would you share with them? <sighs> um, I actually, uh, when I was in Afghanistan, my second tour there, I, I developed this little tracking program called the five facets of life and I divided it into I teach it on my hand because I I use my this finger points straight to God as my spiritual focus my mental focus and my physical focus this makes up who I am mm -hmm. my social is my pinky and that's who I pull into my circles of influence and I hopefully share with them uh, like uh, experiences and, and simon, uh, commonalities that they want to be around this person kind of because I'm happy mentally I'm I'm a spiritual man that makes them feel comfortable I'm I'm physically there for them to change a tire or do any of those kinds of things and I, when I was there I was trying to set goals in each of these five facets and as I uh, I actually shared it with that little sister that I was telling you about and she said it was life-changing for her because it kind of gave her something to focus on and she struggles with uh, she struggled with a lot of postpartum and, and depression of course when my dad died she was only 10 and she held she thought he left us like mm. as a 10 year old it's devastating and then she struggled in her teenage years with some just self-esteem issues and all that kind of stuff she's a beautiful physical spiritual mental person that's just so strong and, and uh it turned her life around and and i've we use it in our program we it's kind of our aftercare uh, we just teach people hey if you can oh let me finish with the last one mm -hmm. so uh the green thumb is what is your unique ability mm -hmm. that you bring value into the world by doing and people are willing to compensate you for that value mm -hmm. and that's you always have to be focusing on that or gaining skills that will somebody's willing to trade money for right mm -hmm. and you should also be fisc fiscally responsible so the whole goal is to have balance mm -hmm. if you look at all the digits of the hand they're very fairly similar in length you know spiritual is to me again the most important these two are about the same then I'm gonna have my social and then and then I have a complete hand of mm -hmm. and uh, and to me it's with my hand and spiritually the, the scriptures tell us that God built the world with his hands and, and Christ was a craft uh, was a a uh, carpenter that did a lot of work with his with his hands and when we have balance in life it just seems so much easier to live day to day and I, I can see when I get one of these like if I get physically sick or I'm not working out or, or stuff like that I, I start to tend to slip you know or if I'm not reading scripture or praying or stuff like that I slip there and, and mm -hmm. it's just all about being balanced and that balance gives you almost what you asked earlier and I didn't have a good answer was peace mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying to accomplish and keep is is a balance that gives me peace mm -hmm. I appreciate that for sure so there you go audience of cattle <laughs> <laughs> they're listening they don't have a choice. I know you don't have hands but <laughs> you can use your hooves they'll use their hooves <laughs> Um, so, uh, I know we, uh, your culture here within the States or within military or within your faith, um, however you would describe that, but what is something you wish people knew about your culture? Um, yeah, I've been LDS, uh, everybody nicknames us Mormons. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been 
I, my dad actually converted to the church when he was 12. My grandpa came from Greece when he was 18 and became a U.S. citizen and changed his name from Fotios Spiridon Diakos to Frank Samuel Diamond. And he never uh, joined the church, but he he always supported uh, my my dad in going on a mission. Uh, financially, he supported him. He loved having us come up, and and we always were trying to convince him, "Hey, Grandpa, you should join us at church." And he's like, "No, I was already baptized. I don't need to be baptized again." <laughs> and the funniest thing was, is in our church we have a a program called the. Um, fast offerings so each first Sunday of the month we fast for 24 hours and the money we would spend on those meals mm. plus a generous offering goes into what's called the Bishop's Warehouse and that's for food for the poor food for uh, <clears throat> humanitarian missions around the world but um, he would uh, when the young men would come around from our ward or the area that he lived in he would always pay that fast offering. <laughs> my dad one time said, Grandpa, Dad, you don't have to pay this. You're not a member. And he's like, well, I'm just doing it in case you're right. <laughs> and I, I, I really feel like uh, there's so much I had to. So many, many people know that we go on these two-year missions. I was getting ready again, kind of had that 180 that I mentioned earlier where I was going to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go on a mission, I'm going to do this. And I didn't have like an internal burning, what we call a testimony about our faith. Mm-hmm. And I finally sat down one evening in my own room and, and just prayed, Heavenly Father, you know, I'm months away from committing to a two-year mm-hmm. uh, call to go serve somewhere in the world. You know what do I need for this and I I almost felt like a just a physical hug from heavenly hands that said you know this is right and you know it's what you're supposed to be doing at this time and it was a drive that you know got me to Brazil learned Portuguese in two months um, went on the mission four months lost my dad a lot of missionaries come home and I had that testimony held me strong and said hey I knew my dad would have freaked out if I would have come home to see his lifeless body but he uh yeah he I I stayed on the mission and you know the testimony to me is such an important thing and again all the things that have happened in our life like losing our babies uh if I didn't have the culture and the LDS faith that I do we believe that families can be together forever and that we can be sealed in what we call our temples, our big, beautiful buildings that we we spend a lot of money on. But it's mm-hmm. it's our devotion, and it shows our devotion through tithes to to make that a house of God. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I know my Savior Jesus Christ on a personal basis, and I have a testimony that all the slack in my five facets <laughs> that I can't uh, fix or balance throughout the my duration of my life he'll make up Mm. the rest of it with his perfect hands Mm. that have the marks in him from the cross Mm. and uh yeah that's my testimony well thank you for sharing that i appreciate that i guess that kind of maybe answers parts of this a little bit but um 
Do you feel like you know what your purpose is in life? I do. Yeah, I've um, I, I've pretty much always, uh, like I said, followed parents' uh, training and, and intuition and stuff like that. But uh, the direction that I was going when I first joined the military was to become a physician's assistant and be able to heal and fix people through medicine. A year after I joined, uh, President Clinton was president at that time, and he had moved all of the uh, medical MOSs or jobs out of the Army National Guard and into the reserves. Mm. And my chances of going to PA school were pretty much taken away at, with that mm. uh, move. So I ended up uh, sticking around in the military to do my first six years and then ran into a buddy from high school that knew I spoke, spoke Portuguese. And he told me about the military intelligence side of things. and. And that was kind of the beginning of my shift. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as I've gone through all of my own personal uh, struggles with mental health and, and the physical things that I've been through, I the name Heroes Haven came to me in a dream one morning at like three in the, three in the morning. I just popped straight out of bed, pulled up my phone and texted <laughs> everybody. The name of our organization is now Heroes Haven. <laughs> and... Uh, it's given me so much direction mm -hmm. and having my wife by my side and it's both our purposes. Um, like I said, she watching her in, in her wheelhouse and, and she's a natural healer and that's why people feel so drawn to her as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I do have, I do have purpose and know what it is and, mm -hmm. and, uh, I will be successful as long as I stick to it. That's awesome. No, I, see that that's really cool um i don't know if you do but do you have a favorite tattoo and if so why i do not no, <laughs> i have zero skin markings i actually played around with the idea of tattooing a tooth <laughs> uh my brother-in-law's a dentist or a, he builds teeth okay and uh, i was having a crown put on and he told me about hey i could tattoo it for you and <laughs> wife didn't think that was a cool idea <laughs> i was Fair gonna enough. do the american flag but she's like no <laughs> i like a white tooth <laughs> fair enough what is something you have accomplished that you're really proud of uh, man i i do de identify definitely as a 29 year veteran of the military mm -hmm. is is probably a lot of who defines me and there's so many interconnected parts of my life that rotate around that um but I, i've been through uh, multiple deployments i've been th served with some of the finest americans i've ever known and some of the finest people i've served with poles and germans and french and uh, people from mozambique uh, nepal um <clears throat> yeah i can go on and on but um it's one thing we uh at the end of your career you usually shadow box your chest plate from your dress uniform and and uh for my rank for my years i i could never uh, i stand next to people sometimes that outrank me um and they're like good grief where have you been <laughs> i've just done a lot of stuff um and i've been able to be in in some integral parts of of world history um and I t someday I was telling you about journal writing. I need yeah. to catch up to my dad, but I'm going to write Forrest Gump too. 
<laughs> look forward to reading it yeah. someday hmm. well paul i so appreciate you being a, a friendly person uh, looking to connect with people on the side of the road <laughs> as you were working today and being open to conversation i'm grateful for your time and willingness to just uh share your evening and your time here and give me an opportunity to share you with others but is there anything else you want people to know about who you are or what matters to you no i i return the gratefulness of mm. for the opportunity um i don't ever think people meet uh, each other for no reason and I think you're on a trajectory to do some great things and I would love to stay in touch and I'll, you definitely have a new podcast fan <laughs> in this whole group probably <laughs> I know Sean was already asking for about it and mm. I'm sure a lot of people want to tune in but um, <clears throat> very interesting questions interrogator <laughs> friend of mine Alrighty. Uh, you uh you definitely know how to open up somebody and one of our number one interrogation techniques is called befriend hmm. and uh it will get you and has gotten me in the past almost more than any other technique would so keep at it thank you very much yeah. it's an honor to share this time with you and yes. thank you for that thank you hmm. thank you for tuning in to this world my view your reviews are what keep this show going So if you have a moment, I would so appreciate you just taking a second to write a review. Anything from, I really enjoyed this, or something you took away that changed your perspective or impacted your life, or something you connected with. If you have a chance to share that on social media and tag me and the show in it, I would greatly appreciate that. I just want to thank you also for just being a part of my world and community here at This World My View.